0: On this episode of the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast, Chase and I do a mid-season Dynasty Startup 12-team mock with other people from the Destination Devi Discord. If you want to follow along with the draft board, you can do so over on our YouTube page at the Fantasy Draft Room. If not, we'll get into the show right now. Welcome in.
1: We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago.
0: It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Trophy Chase. You can find me on Twitter at Trophy Chase TFDR. And as always, my main man Cody, where can they find you at?
0: Yeah, as always, at Cody Smith, TFDR. You can find us at the joint account at underscore TFDR. You can check out this podcast wherever you get them. And then you can find us over at YouTube. Hopefully you're listening here, following along with us on this episode, because it's going to be a fun one. You can find us at the Fantasy Draft Room on YouTube. Chase, let's kick this thing off. I've been super excited to get this episode recorded.
1: Absolutely. Me too. Uh, Please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Thank you. Um, Yeah, man. We did a... 10-round, 12 team, mid-season dynasty startup. We were acting as if week seven is the first week of the fantasy season for us. So 12 teams, Titan Premium, super flex. And we had some great minds in here, a lot of really sharp people. All of them were from the Heisman tier in Destination Devi. We even had one Ray GQ, Scott Connor of Dynasty and Chill, and Matt Bruning from C2C. So we had some uh, really intelligent people in this room making some picks. So let's kick things off and see what trends we notice and and where these players are, are valued at right now in Dynasty. Yeah, let's get into it, man. We're going to show you the first three rounds of the board here first.
0: And there it is. You want to break down your first three picks here as we go, go through this real quickly.
1: Absolutely. So I was in the sixth slot. Cody was in the 11. So from the sixth slot, I ended up taking Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, and Debo Samuel in the first three rounds. And Cody, I will just read yours off since I'm at it. Uh, you had Deshaun Watson at the eleven. Mark Andrews and DeAndre Swift. Now, with where we were at and with what was going on with the board, I mean, what trends did you notice just in general on the board?
0: Yeah, just in general on the board, it's the gap of quarterbacks here. Uh, there's a lot in the first round, and then we only see one for the second and third rounds. And this is a super flex, like we said, and only one team having their two quarterbacks through the first three rounds is seems absolutely crazy but it's because of the value of the quarterbacks. We see all of these elite guys here at the front. Not a single non-quarterback taken for the first 6 picks and 10 quarterbacks overall in the first in the first round itself. Uh absolutely wild and is that just because we ha- do have such a isolated group of quarterbacks at the top here?
1: I think, you know, yes it is. Like th- there's there's a clear top Tier or couple tiers where you have, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. And then you can put in Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, D Watt in a different tier. But you have that top group. And outside of that, like, we, we haven't seen anyone really step up, you know, with, with Russell Wilson's struggles, Stafford struggles, like the guys that, you know, tua has been hurt. We haven't really had the opportunity to see the, the other, the other guys either put themselves up into that QB 11, 12, 13 range. It's been Kirk cousins. He's consistent. So it's like, there's that big gap between the upper echelon and everybody else. And, you know, you couldn't have told me coming into this year It was. I was in that mindset as I want my two quarterbacks locked down within the first three rounds. I just want to make sure that that position's secure in a super flex, where I'm not worried about it. But at this point, like the rest of those dudes are just guys. Like I don't care which ones I have. You know, we have we have only two teams through the first three rounds that didn't take a quarterback, and so they're they're running a huge gamble that they're going to be able to get you know the best of the rest and hope that they can secure two quarterbacks going forward and that's not a gamble I'm willing to take to go zero QB it's it's pretty risky so if I'm in if I am in a draft I want to make sure that I come away with one of these top 10 guys maybe 11 but 10 guys for sure uh or nine guys excuse me in the first round Trey Lance where are you at with Trey Lance right now I mean he made it to the first round
0: yeah still in the first round and if you thought you were uh you know Trey Lance's value should be down right now. I think this should be pretty clear and evident that we pr- probably shouldn't be devaluing Trey Lance, even though you're going to miss the rest of this year or the rest of, you know, this inaugural season for this specific mock draft. It's just because he's one of the few guys that could actually break into that elite QB tier, you know, that top six. And that's where almost anybody wants to be and where you can really only be if you want to compete, being in the back half of a snake draft here is just so difficult because after you get past that, I only have personally six. I know some people could put, you know, Joe Burrow in there. I'm not of that, (laughs) not of that ilk. I think he should be uh, back behind uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't think his value is too far off here. But with Trey Lance specifically, I think his value does get boosted up because he's the only guy we really have hope for to make that jump up into the elite elite tier, and you've got to lock down one of your guys. And, I mean, he was probably very fortunate here that, you know, none of these quarterbacks did start going because if now, if you're rolling with Trey Lance and then, you know, you're looking at guys here like Dak Prescott and even these, these teams that like you mentioned that don't have any quarterback yet, some of them are going to get pretty dicey as we'll see later on throughout this. And, you know, even, even me where I'm sitting, yeah, Deshaun Watson's playing this year for my team, but is he really going to be playing for my team? We're only playing week seven to week 13 and then, you know, week fifteen is going to start our playoffs. I'm probably not going to be competing this year just because I don't have one of those top end quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it is one of those situations where I want to to make sure I'm in the top six of a draft, or or I'm at least walking away with a quarterback. Uh, I don't want to be gambling. If I have to take Trey Lance at the back of the first, it just does not feel good. But uh, outside of the quarterbacks here, man, I think the biggest takeaways we have eighteen wide receivers on the board 18 through 36 picks. So 50% of the draft so far has been wide receivers.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how much, especially in our community, I know we talk about it all the time. We've talked about it for the last couple of weeks before we did this of the immense, you know, amount of value that these wide receivers hold compared to the running backs. And you see it here. I mean round one, the only two non-quarterbacks taken are both wide receivers. Don't have a running back in round one. We don't have a running back until the two six here. So I, I don't know if this is going to be the way that everybody and all of their mocks sees them playing out. But going until the two six, and then Brees Hall's the RB one. I mean, are, <laughs> are you to that point yet? I know you got Jonathan Taylor at the next pick. Would you have uh, still taken Jonathan Taylor if Brees Hall was still on the board here?
1: I mean, in the startup, you can't argue it. I, I feel like you, you can make the. Uh, justification for taking Brees Hall because of what he's done so early. Uh, the fact that running backs usually break out in the latter half of the rookie season. So Brees Hall is already performing. He's getting the passing down work. That team truly is run through the run game. So I, I get why you'd want to take a guy like Brees Hall. I, I pick JT next. I mean, I you can flip flop him however you want. But for me, there's like a top... Three tier of you know Brees Hall, JT, and Saquon Barkley like that tier. How you'd like you know? I think age one in this case where he was just young and you're you're betting on the upside. So we have those three running backs, and then you have you taking DeAndre Swift at the back of the third round. Those are the only four running backs that actually come off the board. Makes sense again, youth. Then you have production. JT was an overall running back one. Saquon Barkley a running back one, and we yes he had the injury. Two years removed, he's he's hitting that age range where it's a little dicey. But I think we can all agree that Saquon Barkley is built different. Like that dude just is special. So, and you're seeing it on the field right now. So I, I get why people would want to put him up here.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing with Saquon is like we've kind of been saying, it's the age, and with it being at the you know twenty six, probably going on twenty seven in this next season, where his his value isn't going to go up from here probably. Like the the amount of separation he would have to prove between himself and the Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall right now for him to you know go up to RB two, RB one, it just isn't going to be there. But I mean, you can't fault Gabe here at the uh, in the first. Draft position slot for just saying, hey, I'm just gonna take the production for this season. I'm hoping that I'm gonna get, you know, maybe two or three more out of it. And I'm just gonna go for the chip here. Because starting off Josh Allen, AJ Brown, and Saquon Barkley, man, that feels a that feels like a damn good start to the first three rounds of a draft.
1: Absolutely. No, no argument here. The other big thing we notice is is you have three tight ends off the board, and I think we can all agree that there is a clear cutoff after that. You got Kelsey, Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. That, that, that's it. I wasn't expecting them to go this close together, but I wouldn't have expected any of them to fall out of the third round. So they all kind of went fairly close together. I know Gump likes to draft young. Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense. You know, Pelo going for more of a, a win now, Bill. But at the same time, Kelsey, he's got, what, two, three years left at least. You know, tight end lasts a bit longer, so it's worth the gamble taking a guy like, like Kelsey this early because he is going to produce for you Kyle Pitts hasn't done that for us yet so it, it while the young you know talent is there I, man, I'm taking Kelsey and Andrews like I I, I get it I like to build in a two to three year window and, and both of those guys fit perfectly so yeah man like to tie it in that's pretty much it like I'm, I'm good with taking if I miss out on those top three you know I'm gonna chuck up the deuces and just be like all right I'll figure it out later
0: Yeah, just go and punt, but man, just looking at what order they went off too. like Pitts being the last one is, (laughs) if you would have told anybody that at the beginning of this season, like this is why we do midseason startups and this is why the process is fun because Pitts was up there in the first round right behind the upper echelon quarterbacks where his, I mean, you were not touching Kyle Pitts, but half a season of not really producing yet and he's all the way down to tight end three. Like if you could have, if you could have told me that I could have, Gotten Kelsey a first and extra, probably. If I would have sold off my Kyle Pitts at the beginning of this offseason, I would have done it in a heartbeat now, but that would have seemed crazy at the time because of the immense amount of value we were putting on Kyle Pitts. And so, yeah, I mean, now we have Mark Andrews locked in as our tight end one. He's been producing, no terms Kelsey. You're hoping that, yeah, you can, you know, you, tight ends do last longer we keep saying that he's going to you know start seeing the decline and he just keeps staying up there at the plateau we haven't seen it yet until we do i don't think you can tank it and so yeah you just take the production while you can get it and i, I tend to agree where you know obviously i did take mark andrews at the 202 turn here with the first tight end off the board and i'm i'm right there with Pello, right where i i'd have kelsey over pits as well
1: yep i I think we've had a realization. You know, we we've, we talk about it all the time where it takes time for tight ends to develop and really come into their own. You know, the the talent is still there. Pitts's value should go back up once he starts producing again, or, or once he starts to produce. So, I'm not really worried about Kyle Pitts. His value is still going to be there. But if I'm building a win now team, and he's not the tight end I'm going after. Um, I do want to unload. A, there's a lot to unload, I should say, uh, about this this wide receiver group. Because uh, as I mentioned, there's 18 off the board. And yes, Jefferson and Chase were the first two, only two in the first round. But man, that feels like a lot. But these guys are all just making a difference for their team. Like, you have the young up-and-coming talent combined with the the true difference makers at the position right now. And I, I don't hate any of it like i I really don't you know ray ended up taking drake london as the fifth wide receiver off the board and it sounds kind of crazy when you're like oh he took him over Diggs and waddle and aj brown there's other young guys that you could argue would be there but i mean drake london is special man i is there anything that kind of stands out to you with these 18 wide receivers
0: with the 18 of them, I think, with like you said, Drake London being at five overall is by far the one that sticks out to me the most. And just the overall, how many we have, you know, Amon Ra being up here all the way in the beginning of the third round from where he started off this year, nobody nobody could have predicted that, I don't, I don't think, except, you know, the highest of eight. Uh, Amin Rase Brown Truthers. Um, I know we had one or two of them in the Discord that are, you know, taking their victory mm-hmm. laps right now. And hey, it was a—it's a bet that paid off. I mean, obviously those targets were earned at the end of last season. And uh, man, just going through all of them, like Olave in the third, Garrett Wilson in the third, we're just betting on these guys already. It doesn't feel—it doesn't feel safe, but I can totally see the upside play of it because if they do ascend up into that, you know. We go back to our warp episode. Our warp episode ex- kind of explains why these wide receivers are pushed up so high. And it's, be- you know, we have seen a little bit of a bounce back from the running back position since we did that episode, I think back in week three. But still the difference in the warp, the amount of you know wins over replacement they're giving you, it's, a, it's still higher than what the running backs are producing. At. We're all trying to g- climb ourselves up into that difference making warp wide receiver tier. And this is how you do it. You take your wide receivers early. And I know my team, it, it's going to get dicey because I don't have a wide receiver yet. And we're already 18 off the board. I'm not going to get a wide receiver one, and I may not get a wide receiver two here. So <laughs> it's, it, is, it doesn't feel great for my roster right now, especially with all these talks we've had. But I, I, had, I thought I had to go with Swift just because the values seem too too drastic. Like, am I going Deontay Johnson or DeAndre Swift? Man, like if I just put those values on a, like a normal roster right now, I could probably get close to two first for Swift in most leagues compared to Deontay Johnson Am I getting a mid first alone. Um, so the value would- game seems a little off, but I don't know if it actually should be.
1: Yeah, I think you know. Again, we're we're doing a startup, but a lot of this is like where players are valued right now in in dynasty. Is like the 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 way you got to kind of look at it. You know, as a listener, got to look at it. Not a lot of people are doing mid season startups, but. You identify Drake London, Olave, Garrett Wilson, like those are guys, Pittman, like these are young guys that can put themselves into that top 12 wide receiver range. You know, Amon Ra, we we had questions coming into the year. Can he do it again? Can he do it with everyone on the field? And he smashed and absolutely said yes. You know, outside of that, you have your cups, your, your digs, your Adams, Debo's, like all of these guys are your current elite of the elite. They're a little bit older but they are the ones that are up there right now. So, yeah, you, took the, you either took proven production or you took the bet on, you know, kind of like Trey Lance, you take a bet on who can crack that, that top 12, who can be a warp difference maker. Um, I, you know We all have opinions on different things of how players are going to develop and what situations are going to be like, but um, those are guys worth taking a gamble on. So uh, anything else you want to unpack from these first three rounds?
0: No, I think the only thing there, just going back to Olave and Wilson, I'm not ready to buy into this point yet. I know the upside play is there. We've seen it for a couple weeks span from each of them, but I'm still a little bit more of a cautious dynasty player in terms of just going out and buying guys and overpaying to make sure that I get them right now before I've seen you know, three weeks. Is that really enough of a sample size for me to say, hey, this guy can break into the warp difference-making tier? I mean, we've already kind of seen Garrett Wilson come down a little bit. I think he's only put up like six, five, and two points the last three weeks. So is that – was it just a little bit of an overreaction or can I think we could still see Garrett Wilson bounce back? I mean, he's a very good player. I think we just have concerns about the offense and his target share and how much they're not exactly his target share, but how much they're going to be passing in this offense. It seems like they're trying to be controlled with Zach Wilson coming back to the helm. So would i still rather have guys like Pittman or Deontay over them. I, I think I probably would yet.
1: Yeah, the, the three rookies, uh Drake London, I love the film. He has a 33% target share already and yes, it's a low volume offense, but he just looks the part. He had the alpha build and, and he was a guy I believed in. Chris Olave, I think we all had an expectation that he wasn't going to get the targets coming into the year. We had a big debate about Drake London and Chris Olave and Olave might outproduce him this year just because he's going to have the opportunity to to get more targets potentially. Um but I don't see the ceiling for him being an upper echelon, like true top 12 guy. I, I truly think that Chris Olave is going to be the DJ more where you love the talent. You love everything about him, but he's just going to continue to put up wide receivers numbers. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Not sitting here, you know, shit talking Chris Olave, super talented player. But if, if I'm, over here taking a wide receiver 2 in the third round like uh, you know I'm I'm taking the gamble on Pittman Garrett Wilson as you outlined you know perfectly it's going to be a low passing volume offense for this team and you know they're going to game manage it there's there's weapons all around you just don't know what weeks you're not going to want to start Garrett Wilson because you're not going to know which weeks to do it, but the talent is there. He's supremely talented. So if they do unleash Zach Wilson in the future um, and they let him throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game, then, you know, we might see what Garrett Wilson's potential is. But until then, I think you're going to see a lot of boom bust weeks and it's just not going to be, you know, super exciting. I definitely be taking Pittman over them. So um Yeah. Let's uh, let's see what the next few rounds look like for us. Yeah, let's get into the rounds four through six
0: here. We do start to see the quarterbacks come back off the board. Everybody's like, oh, okay, now the quarterback run's starting up again. Now I need to make sure we lock in that quarterback too. So at the at the beginning of the fourth round, Christian McCaffrey is the next running back off the board, and then I have my first pick. I'm going to run through my three picks here. I do want to lock up my two quarterbacks. And I think at this point, whenever we were doing this startup, I and I still think so now, I think I'd still have it ranked this way. I've got one guy in that kind of old vet crusty type where I have one guy who's I think separated himself to where he's shown me a little bit more consistency, and that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins locking up my second quarterback position. And then in the fifth round came back with Christian Kirk as is my, is my wide receiver. One. That's a woof. That is that is a straight woof right there. Christian Kirk is my wide receiver one. I have conviction on Christian Kirk. I know he's tapered off a little bit here over the last couple of weeks, but there is no team that I want that is Christian Kirk is my wide receiver one as much as I love the man. However, I think my argument here is Christian Kirk is not my wide receiver one. Mark Andrews is my wide receiver one. That's what I'm going to go with because Mark Andrews, especially while we're playing in this tight end premium, I can I can at least stomach not having you know a Stefan Diggs producing me, the wide receiver one every week, whenever a lot of other teams that we see here with these, you know, the Jefferson Chase Cup Diggs don't have their tight end yet. And now you're outside of that elite difference-making tier at tight end. And so then we're looking at this team and then I'm seeing, I have Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Christian Kirk's my wide receiver one. Even though I just went over that whole thing, I'm like, I don't think this team is probably winning this year, so I'm going to take another guy that I have. Talented, in that's the rookie. Hasn't shown out yet. Is on IR, so we're just going to go for the tank this year. Going to take Traylon Burks in my sixth spot.
1: Yep, I mean uh, we, we've we've talked about this too. Like as you look at this board and as you look at how wide receiver broke for you, you, you took the best of what was available. Um, you know, we, we can break down Kirk however you want to, and, and I love Treylon still. I think the upside's there, so, you know, not bad at all. I ended up taking Russell Wilson. I, again, the quarterback run started. Uh, I still have belief that Russell Wilson's going to come back. We had Chris Godwin and then Amari Cooper, so I want to block up some more wide receivers. So my wide receiver cast was Debo, Godwin, Amari Cooper. at Russ and Kyler, and then I have JT as my hero RB. But I feel really good about where I'm at at this point. You know, I feel like I can contend and compete if if Godwin can, you know, get back to Godwin and, and Debo does Debo esque things. So I feel good about my team. But like overall, I mean, we had eight quarterbacks go in round four. So we saw the quarterback run happen, but only nine went off the board total in the next three rounds. So we had one quarterback in round four or, you know, round five and six combined. So, it, it just. It dries up, man, like we had Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Tua, and then a few rounds later in round um, six, we ended up having Justin Fields come off the board. And this is kind of what you expect as far as where they're going to come off and how they're going to come off the board. But, man, it's it's just – it doesn't feel good. Like, I mean, Derek Carr has played okay. Cousins, as you mentioned, is probably the top of that group. We had hope for Stafford, and, and we still do, but that team is in shambles, man. I just don't see how that team can turn it around. I think Russ can figure it out, but it seems like there's some locker room issues there too where people are – you know, we got got Melvin Gordon staring down Russell Wilson on the sideline. Like, there's just a lot of questions about quarterback in this group.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of questions around. You know, the right guy went right after him, Matt Stafford. You know, he's got Cam Akers is just apparently off the team now. He's going wherever he's going to go, whatever that situation is. Don't want to. I mean, that's a wild situation. The offensive line is in shambles. They don't have cap room. They don't have draft picks. Like, where is this team going to find any help anymore? Uh, it, Stafford's elbow looks like it's probably still a little bit banged up too. It's not a great scene and. Not a great scene in LA. If you could have told me Mac Jones and Matthew Stafford are going back to back in startups at the beginning of the year, I wouldn't have wouldn't have believed you. I thought Matt Stafford was going to have a pretty solid year and it's just falling apart over there in LA. So yeah, man, get spoke through round six, five teams still don't have a QB two. <laughs> that is that's a it's a horrifying prospect, but do do you really care at this point? Like, especially if you get through round four and that runs past you by, then then do you really want to reach for a Justin Fields when you can still pick up guys like the teams who passed under their QB2, Javante Williams, Damian Pierce, Mike Williams, George Pickens, Dallas Goddard. I know we're not big Justin Fields fans here, or at least I'm not. Yeah, most of those guys. I'm still taking over Justin Fields, even if it's to lock up another QB, because there's still a lot of old vets that are still on the board who can produce fine enough for a year. If I just need a gap fill,
1: I mean, Brooding has always been a big. He's a Ohio State guy, big Justin Fields fan. And so, i you know, it may have been a little bit more of a homer pick, but at the same time, like you know, he didn't have another quarterback, and so when you're at that point, you don't have a QB two, and you're locking up a Lance and a Fields, you're getting youth, you're you're betting on the future anyway, so you're just kind of hoping and praying that that situation does get better. But I'm with you, man. Like. <sighs> It's one of those things in Superflex where we talk about the quarterback position so much because it's Superflex, Superflex, Superflex. You talk about you got to start two quarterbacks, you got to have those guys, but it doesn't feel that way right now. And with the points per game that they're getting, and 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 there are some other quarterbacks that are going to be able to put up points for you that will come off the board in the next four rounds. You know, it's it's okay to take a gamble here and there uh, because you can backfill with you know a Jared Goff or. Uh, I guess Daniel Jones is playing all right this year, but you know, there's not a lot of guys out there that you feel real confident in. So I've got to shoot your shot on this, this next tier here and and just try and take one and hope for the best. Like, I feel like that's what you have to do in order to have two quarterbacks because like you, you will set yourself up for failure if you don't end up with a couple, a couple I mean, we'll see how the rest of these teams build out. But again, you know, we have 15 more wide receivers come off the board in rounds four through six. I mean, total, then we have 33 through six rounds. It dries up quick after, like, when you get there. I mean, uh, the last one off the board is going to be Gabe Davis, Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, all good players. How do you feel about wide receiver through six rounds.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I like I kind of said I was picking Christian Kirk and Traylon Burks here in the fifth and sixth. I don't feel damn good about it. So, I mean, it it dries up so quick. The the top end talent, um, especially when you're you know you're looking at guys up here compared to you know, Austin Eckler in the middle of the fifth producing as the RB one right now. Like it's it. It's wild how much these wide receivers are getting pushed up just because of you know where we value them and where we should be valuing them, and that just looking at the age of the running backs comparatively to what the age of these wide receivers are. I mean, in between Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, who are both top five at the running back position this year so far, but they're older comparatively to the wide receivers. You've got Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith, DJ Moore, even Godwin and Sutton in terms of the wide receiver age market just is so much younger than what these guys are where you're going to, you know, you're hoping for two more years out of Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, and then anything after that's probably, you know, icing on the cake. Whereas these wide receivers kind of, like we said before, with the Olave's and the Wilson's they're guys that can still elevate their game and they can still grow in value. What we don't see from the running back position is a chance to really increase in value unless you have a season like we're seeing out of Nick Chubb and even still, we're still not valuing it because he's coming off the board here, you know, wide, running back around seven.
1: Yeah, man. Like that's the big takeaway here is like when you look at some of these, these middle-aged running backs, aging running backs, however you want to word it, like they, they can still produce at a high level for another year or two. The problem is if they get hurt again, their value is going to tank and that's kind of what would happen if eckler gets hurt if you know you know um derrick henry gets hurt again those types of things happen like you can pretty much write them off their value isn't going to increase in terms of trade value or value to your team naji here is the big one that that stands out like naji was going 11 overall if i recall correctly like 11 or 12 overall in startups this off season this off season just you know six games ago you probably you know before the injury and things like that to his foot but man he is in the 5-1 like we're taking you know Nick Chubb right around there you know it, it's like Mick, he's, he's still there with CMC like they're still good running backs but what the heck happened I, is the panic real like are, are we are we really that worried about Najee Harris long term is there a long term with Najee Harris is the other question. Like
0: that's it. He's also a little, even though he's only been in the league for a shorter amount of time, he's he's also a little bit higher up there in age. So, man, yeah, I, I, I pulled it up here. Najee Harris and startups at the end of at the end of this offseason. Najee Harris was going at the two hundred one, and Christian McCaffrey was at the two hundred two per Adico's ADP for startups. Hey, they're still back now- to back. <laughs> I guess they are still back to back. No, we got we got we got a little bit of separation from that, him yeah. here. We got a, we got a round of separation from him here. But man, just drop three, four rounds. Guys like Javante Williams going in at the two oh five. Now in the middle of the sixth, like we see these running backs just heavy amounts of fluctuation and all of these old. All these old vets, Derek Henry's Austin Ecklers, they ain't value isn't getting any higher. And I know it's because we're pump, we're pumping up some of these wide receivers, but even in terms of relation to the other running backs, they're not climbing the ranks. Like if Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, and Derek Henry are top five in running back at this this point this year. I mean, people aren't even valuing them for this year on win now teams. They're still valuing Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Swift, Saquon Barkley above them.
1: And again, this is this is just one draft, but because if you look at Godwin and Eckler and Sutton and Mixon and Henry and Kirk, like you're going to see some point variation this year as far as what they've done this year. But it's still dynasty like, you know, long term, you're looking at Godwin and Sutton like these guys are going to produce, you know, longer, you know, longer for your team. You still have Bateman and and Devonta, DJ Moore, like these guys are going to be around for a while. So why take the game running back that gets hurt? you know, more frequently, we have a 60% turnover on the RB one ranking. So the top 12 running backs, 60% of them will not be in the, in, you know, an RB one next year, just because of injuries, or maybe it's a, a little system, whatever the case may be like the turnover is real. And so why would you take a, a, a gamble on a riskier asset when you can still get a lot of running back value later in the draft? Is there anything else you want to unpack here from these six rounds?
0: i think it is' just the running back we'll we'll see here the running back value that you can still yeah you can still get spot starts or you can still get r b twos so much later through the draft but you know you do have that upper echelon i do think the upper echelon of running back is still a little bit important but obviously the upper echelon wide receivers like we see here is still more important upper tier running backs are still important but once you get past you know r b well, not even 12, really. Once you get past like RB8, you just see this range of running backs that I'm perfectly fine slotting into an RB2 role week over week.
1: Yeah, the, the, the there are a couple surprises. Like Kenneth Walker, obviously, you know, he's getting opportunity for the rest of the year. So, again, rest of the year does matter in this draft. So, Kenneth Walker is going to get opportunity and take over for Rashad Penny. So, we'll see what he is. He looks – he's looked good so far. Travis Etienne, his role has been increasing uh, I still don't think I'm taking him as what running back seven off the board, but I can't fault anyone for doing it. I mean, when when you're looking at the age and things like that, you have Najee going right after that and Chubb, and then you're getting into the eight backs. Take the gamble on ETN; he's going to hit some home runs for you, but I think he's going to be more of a boom bust player than than a consistent week in and week out starter. But uh, yeah, Javante fell down. We have Damian Pierce sighting, so Damian Pierce from a what a second round rookie pick and and arguably an awful class in 2022 to to popping himself up here in the sixth round and you know he has the opportunity to get higher too so that is going going to be a fun one to watch i think that's a good value pick or a good pick in the sixth round just because of his age and the fact that he's getting a lot of touches
0: yeah and do want to highlight here as well well while we did see the you know, the next tier of quarterback or the next quarterback come off here in the sixth round past the, all of the quarterbacks that went off in the fourth round. We do see our next tight end come off the board in the sixth round as well. And the tight end four right now, at least in terms of this mock, uh tied going with uh Dallas Goddard at tight end four. And I can't really blame him here. Um, Locking up the tight ends, all the tight ends are kind of bunched between our back end teams right here. And honestly, it might be a little bit of we don't have the upper difference making quarterbacks. So we've got to find a way to differentiate ourselves in terms of the team building aspect. Whereas all of these guys in the top tier have the locked in top end quarterbacks. We have to find a different way to make our rosters different. Get the Mark Andrews, Travis, Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard. You know, he's, he's showing very well through the season with this uh, Eagles offense and the rise of Jalen hurts. So I think that's a little bit of it. And you know, like I said, getting these getting these quarterbacks early, even if this tier that's you know lowered down this fourth round tier, I think it's still important because we'll we'll see these guys coming up next, and I think the guy I think the difference is the guys in the fourth round here have a little bit longer term stability than the guys that we're going to see come off the board next. Whereas these guys will, you know they'll serve fine as a, as a stopgap for this year, but we have some serious concerns about them going even. Into 23 and especially going into 24, you're probably not having a quarterback and you're going to have to start re-rolling, trying to find guys through the draft or having to down tier off of your elite quarterbacks. And that's not what you want to do in Superflex. And after that, we've got the next rounds here, round seven through 10, which is where we're going to finish off our draft. Uh, the next quarterback that we see off the board after Justin Fields is going to come at the 7 3 So Barry taking his third quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, quarterback after that, Tom Brady. And those are really the guys that are your stopgaps. We're concerned about them going forward, going into next year because of retirement issues. And then you've got the group of, I don't know if these guys have the job. <laughs> uh, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, they've played very well.
1: They'll both, both get played- jobs. I think so. The Giants are playing them. Yeah, they're playing their way. Giants are playing their way out of a a quarterback. Geno Smith's going to earn a contract, whether it's in Seattle or not. But yeah, I I feel comfortable in those guys getting a job. I don't know if they're going to continue to produce though. I mean, that's that'll be a mystery for them though.
0: That is the mystery, and I still have (laughs) ten games. I still have faith that the Giants are actually not this good, but they're starting to turn me. Um, I can't can't stop. Shitting on them for this long, whenever they're <laughs> <laughs> leading their division, and everything like that. So then Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. It's a it's a group of it's a group of unknowns, really, for the next year. I think Jared Goff is probably the most secure to get a job next or for next season out of all of them. Um it's so what where, where are you at with these quarterbacks? How do you how do you Value them? Are you fine with this group of guys being your stopgap quarterback too? If you're able yeah. to get other
1: guys, stopgap, yeah, absolutely. Single year, like you know, Brady. I say this, but all of the aging quarterbacks that we thought, oh, they're going to be around for a while. Brady's still going to be elite for the next year. I mean, he was, I think, he was a top three quarterback in in uh, overall scoring last year. What the heck has happened? Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any weapons. That that offense just looks anemic. The play calling there, yeah, man. Like I honestly would rather have the stop gaps in Geno Smith and Jared Goff. And obviously, we know what's going on there. You know, and Dan they're, they're going to be the starters for the rest of the year. Tom Brady obviously sh- should have the ability to uh, to turn things around. But the injuries to the offensive line are real. Like they have they have some real problems on offense. You know, Ritter and Malik are going to be, you know, gambles hoping that they get an opportunity to start. And they do, you, you use those assets to trade them. I don't know if they're going to be long-term NFL starters or anything like that. And then Jameis Winston, the injury. uh, I mean, I think he'll be a, you know, same with Goff. Like they'll find a job somewhere career journeyman from here on out, but they're still young enough where they can find a job. So, yeah, but it feels weird. 10 rounds just went through and people are finally getting either a QB two, a QB three or both QB two and QB three in this realm of players. But I think it just speaks to like, if I have, you know, uh, like, like Ray passed on quarterback completely. He he doesn't have a single quarterback through there, or he has the single quarterback in Jalen Hurts, but like, that's okay, because you have a a hero quarterback strategy, I guess, is a way to look at it. You know, if I have an Allen Mahomes Lamar, I feel a lot more comfortable knowing that I can start that guy in my quarterback position and I can find somebody to fill my superplex. And I think that's kind of where we're at is, do you want to take the gamble on the 10 to 15 points that Doff or, you know, this year, Brady is getting you, I mean, even Rogers and, and, and Daniel Jones, like they're getting you that right around that 15 range. Or do you want to try for the, the upside play? where you can get a wide receiver in that super flex spot that can go off for 20, 30, 40 points. And, and not saying these quarterbacks can't, obviously they have the ability to, it just hasn't happened for them. And Brady being, you know, one more year, but hopefully, or hopefully, but most likely it's this year and he's out Rogers. There's rumors of him retiring at the end of the year. I I don't, I mean, I don't blame either of them for leaving if they do, but it's kind of crazy, like the the quarterback position has changed so much. But I, I, you know, we'll we'll get into a little bit here as to why. But let's let's dive into the running backs because we see a good chunk of running backs coming off the board here, where we have, you know, fifteen come off the board in these final four rounds, and there's still a lot of good talent on the board that didn't go off the board yet or is still available.
0: Yeah, it's it's a large group of you know we've still got a couple of the old vets, you know, Dalvin Cooks, Alvin Kamara's four net aaron jones coming off there in the seventh and that's really your that's the last tier of these older vets who are probably going to be aging out of the league here in the next three years but they're still going to be good good top 24 producers for that time probably for the for your team and so getting them down here in the seventh feels like pretty good value and then you have that group of hey now you're on the last contract let's see where you go your your future is kind of uncertain which you still think you're going to hang around the league Dave Montgomery, Ramondre Stevenson, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson coming back up. He was uh, he was tanked in the preseason compared to where he is there. We've seen a little bit of resurgence there from him, and Devin Singletary also kind of lumped into that group. It's a lot of these guys that you know you're tr- you're truthfully, honestly fine with being your RB two week over week, and that's why I think we've seen these guys push so far down. They do start getting kind of clumped together like you said we have a large number of them going between the seventh and the 10th round but everybody's fine with just being like you know I'll I'll take one earlier and honestly even if I have two of them if I have Kamara and Sanders or yeah, Henry and Jones I know Henry and Jones were taken a little bit earlier but these guys they can still they can still piece together your team and you can put up the top end wide receiver talent earlier I think that's probably the way that's probably the way to build it and it's where I look back on my specific roster and now I have DeAndre Swift and AJ Dillon. I still don't feel really great about my running backs. And then wide receivers, Christian Kirk, Trey Burks, and Darnell Mooney. It's, it's where I, if I probably could have just gotten some upper echelon wide receivers, I could have just picked up a, a Joe Mixon, a Damian Pierce would have fit my build perfectly for this, you know, kind of young team. I'm trying to build here um, whenever I've, had to i had to pick wide receiver because i was just so desperate at the position at that point so i think it probably is let's you know if you see these mocks go out like this obviously like we said this is only one mock but we have some really sharp minds here and i, I trust i trust this group fullheartedly and these are the guys a lot of the guys we're going to be listening to for our advice going in so these are the guys we're going to be drafting with listening to throughout the entire offseason and i don't see this model changing much so i i, I love this mock pushing these running backs down these wide receivers up are there. Any other takeaways that, you know, we see our tight ends coming off the board. Any other takeaways that you've got here is we, we have all of the rounds now, at least through round 10.
1: Yeah, this was a fun exercise. And I think that's the important thing to understand is this is an exercise to see where players are valued and in kind of mentally explaining to ourselves as to why, or asking ourselves the question as to why, you know? Yeah. I think this, this, Looks perfectly. We had Goddard going in there in the sixth, and then we had all the tight ends coming off the board. You know, uh, Muth with the the concussion issues. Kittle hasn't looked great this year. He had the injuries. He did have a bounce back game, so we'll see how he builds. Uh, Schultz, we, we had high hopes for coming into the year, but uh, the PCL injury is kind of uh, tanked his value. Walker, ham, or Waller, excuse me, hamstring. All these guys, all these tight ends that we had hoped for being in, in that next tier of four through eight, they're still getting drafted there, but you don't feel great about it to me. I I was able to get Zach Ertz in the the 10th round and he's points per game and, and scoring so far. He is the tight end three actually. So, you know, you feel good about finding value at the tight end position later. And Joku is a, is a riser like, that we've seen produced lately. And I think that one might surprise some people, but it, he's he's producing on the field. He's getting targets from Brissett. And when, when Watson comes back, the scheme and everything's not going to change. He's paid as their tight end one. He's finally getting used like their tight end one. So um, yeah, I think the big takeaway is if you miss on wide receiver early, it does hurt a little bit later when you're looking at, I, and juju and Alec Pierce. I mean, these guys are talented. These guys could break out and, and, and crack your lineup and be wide receiver twos at some point, but you don't feel great if you miss out on like that first 18. So what does all of this mean? How can you use this for your fantasy teams now? Cause I think what, when we're doing a draft in the off season we're going to have the 2023 class in here so if i am a a team right now and i am retooling or rebuilding i'm going out and i'm getting myself some of these these wide receivers Uh, i'm going to try to build around wide receiver because i know that this 2023 class is loaded at running back you have Bijan tank Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Blake Corum, Devon A-Chain. I'm missing tons of names here. But the point is, is you, I mean Gibbs, I mean you have, you have all these running backs that are gonna come in and help replenish the running back room because we you've talked about all off season, the 2017 classes buoyed the running back position for a long time. And we're starting to see them age out get a little bit older, still producing, but they're reaching that cliff where we're like, I don't really want to draft these guys early. So this this youth resurgence is about to come in and take over. So if I can build around wide receiver, get one of these younger running backs, and then also have draft capital coming up, I feel really good about where my dynasty team is.
0: Yeah, and like you said, with this 23 class being so running back heavy, I mean, we couldn't even see it from a class that we didn't think was gonna be as good this year. I mean, Hall being already the running back one, um, we've got Travis, or, uh, Kenneth Walker already up here, Damien Pierce, and then even these a bunch of second round guys that we're really interested in in this 23 class. We got Brian Robinson, Rashad White, all these guys already making it up into our top 10 rounds. You can find running back depth almost anywhere. And I'm perfectly fine within an in-season startup mock like this one just taking my wide receivers and then just knowing i can get my hero if i want to i can take a hero rb i don't even have to take a really hero rb i can just take a mid-tier mm-hmm. rb and then just load up at running back for the next you know for the next year and see how my team feels after that especially with how short this would be like if we were actually going into this taking this as a real money league and i know we're probably going to be starting up some of them here soon so like this is this is great for great for us so we're going to be taking this looking at this and saying hey i don't need these running backs to produce for a long time if i just i, I, I love scott's team right here where he just takes dalvin cook and yeah. then you know we're still going to have another seven we're still going to have another 20 plus rounds after this where he can just pick up spot start running backs for the rest of this year and then build up another three running backs next year and just Backload that team where now he's got Amon Ra, Devonte Smith, Jerry, Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Alec Pierce. So many of these guys that just hit his lineup on top of three quarterbacks. I, I, I really like that team.
1: Yeah, I feel like there, there's some teams that did a, a great job of team building. I really like Barry's team with getting Lamar, Diggs, Tyreek. Like you have two elite difference makers at the wide receiver position. You have one of the top scoring uh Quarterbacks, but he also ended up getting Mac Jones and Aaron Rodgers, along with Mike Evans, Rashad Bateman. I mean, he's also backfilling at running back, but he has Singletary and Chase Edmonds, or sorry, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, along with Dawson Knox. So he built a good core uh, to to kind of go with. I, I felt good about my team. I still not a huge fan of my wide receivers, but you know, having JT Kamara and and Sanders zackers at tight end and then building around debo godwin cooper and lazard i feel okay about my team but it's going to just for for me it was a fun exercise obviously no trading was allowed so people couldn't bounce up and down and try and cherry pick the guys that they wanted but this is a real testament to how i want to roster construct because i know what's coming in you know speaking of quarterbacks like we had 26 quarterbacks come off the board in, in in these 10 rounds But, like, when you look at the incoming quarterbacks, you have Bryce Young, you have CJ Stroud, and then you got Hendon Hooker, you got Will Levis. I don't think Richardson's coming back, coming out. Like, there's truly two guys that I think you would pop into these first four rounds. So, not a lot is going to change at the quarterback position. What what those two quarterbacks end up being, we we won't know. It's going to be someone taking a, a, a gamble on them, but. I don't see them cracking that top six. I don't see them jumping up there with, with Kyler and Deshaun Watson and Jalen hurts. So do you really want to take a gamble on, on your quarterback position in the 23 class?
0: No, I don't. And that, that's why I locked up. I locked up three for the, through the first 10 rounds. Um, You know, I have I have seen a lot of improvement with this day ball offense in, in New York. So I was fine with taking Daniel Jones. I, I'm kind of like you where I'm starting to think he's going to get that, you know, maybe like another two-year contract or something after this one where he could be around there for a little while longer if they do keep up this way of winning that I'm not fully bottom board with. But damn, they actually look pretty good. They don't <laughs> have a wide receiver. Um, I, I did a little mini stack here in the 9-10 round with the – Daniel Jones and Wandale Robinson. So quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, and Daniel Jones, hopefully all coming into next year. Uh, Daniel Jones is really the only one I have any concern with going into 23. And then Swift and AJ Dillon at the running back. Mark Andrews just carrying the load at hopefully running or tight end and wide receiver. And then wide receivers going Christian Kirk, Traylon Burks, Darnell Moody, and Wandale Robinson. That's really where I, that's it's the deficient part of my team. And it's because I locked up quarterback and tight end and got a top running back, but really like, and if I could get myself, I know Michael Pittman was off the board right before me, but even, even Hollywood, I know he's hurt now, but I mean, if I really wanted to go into this tank, like if I wanted to go Hollywood and then pick up, you know, one of these younger running backs, just down the board, even if I still went with AJ Dillon, I still would have liked that build. I think, so much more just because of the amount of value um, that i think these wide receivers hold and i can find running backs elsewhere i can find them in the draft i can find them through the next 20 rounds of this startup if we were going to be continuing it on i think that's it's the play looking at my team i don't i don't really like it all that much and it's because (laughs) we like the wide receivers so i think it's a good exercise for me to take away and look back at this and say, what, what changes can I make? What picks could I have made differently and go on from here? We'll do more of these mocks and we'll, we'll get better at this. I know we'll be doing some actual mid season startups here soon. So I am definitely looking forward to it, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Me too. I, I, I think the, as I go through this, we had like 48 wide receivers off the board. Um, I think that that's one of the big takeaways too. If you're getting into rounds 11 uh, and beyond 48, wide receivers off the board uh you know if you told me oh i got wide receiver 48s in my starting lineup you don't like it so being able to acquire these guys going out and getting yourself two of the top you know 14 uh really making sure that you have difference makers at that position it's going to set you apart in your league it's going to truly make your team that much better being able to to rely on starting guys like jamal williams i mean he's producing almost as much or actually just as much as swift has been on a points per game basis so you have guys that you can find later like miles sanders coming into this season people were looking at miles sanders like ah that guy's nothing he can't score a touchdown they're gonna have a timeshare, or they're gonna have a, a, a rbbc and here he is he's a top six running back in the league when it you know on yards and and scoring it changes so much this will change so much but i think that you can identify which of these players are going to stick around hold value and still put up points for your team yeah i think just taking it away man it's
0: so much different than what any of us could have projected i know the nfl's a wild world and this just really really shows it to me where and just the the quarterback landscape shifts so much. The tight end landscape so condensed at the top. Guys just falling in an in injury to Javante Williams, taking him from the second to the to the fifth here or the sixth. The NFL changes, man, and we we need to change fast with it in the dynasty community. I know we try to play for long term, but it just for me, it just it emphasizes and brings home the two to three year window that we really like playing in because there's just so much volatility. You can't you can't say that you're gonna have these guys for the next five, 10 years. Where oh, drives me nuts. Man, I mean, we, we've got great news now about Tua, but man, we were we thought Tua <laughs> might be over with and retired. Like the NFL changes so much and dy- dynasty values change with it week over week. We see the values on you know, like KTC and stuff where Amon is a top five wide receiver one week. I mean, we are we are so volatile, so overreactionary that everything's going to shift. You can't be set in your ways. Make make the moves, make the pip, pivots where you see them, and do exercises like this that reinforce where you actually think these players should be going going into next year and, and into the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, we do react, and I I feel like sometimes we overreact you know there there are there are a lot of times like we saw christian kirk and his value exploded through the first three weeks and he was putting up numbers he was getting targets it was all warranted but now he's kind of settling into the range that you you would expect him to be still a very good player wide receiver two for your team i know you have him as a wide receiver one on this build but that's kind of the thing. Like when we have Olave and Garrett Wilson up here this high, um, it, it seems a little bit reactionary or just predictive of, hey, I, I really hope that these guys, a lot of hope goes into hoping those guys break out. Um, I don't want people to overreact to situations, panic sell because like Amon Ra got hurt. Like, oh my goodness, Amon Ra's hurt. Let's sell the farm. <laughs> Uh, you know, sell it off. Just take, take what we can and go. Like we didn't know the extent of the injury. Marquise Brown. (laughs) We had a, we had the brief rumor of he could be out for the season. And now it's four to six weeks, whether or not he's fully 100% after four to six weeks is another story. Bottom line is he's going to be back. He's going to be, uh, you know, available and in fantasy lineups. So don't necessarily have to panic sell on these guys. Just make sure you have a process in place. Make sure that you uh, have the right information, and don't go out there trying to like, oh, I'm going to get one up in my league before you know before everyone knows Javante Torres ACL, I'm going to go sell him. And it's like people are going to find out. So be patient. No need to
0: overreact to to news. And especially don't do it at the quarterback position, like we saw with Trey Lance. I mean, we were seeing Trey Lance trades,
1: wild. A singular first,
0: singular back end first. I mean, just wild. And we see him here uh, when you really stop and think about it, because the quarterback's so important. I think that's that's one of my biggest takeaways from this entire exercise is where Trey Lance's value is, because I think at like the running back position, like we see Javante down here then he, he took the tumble because of that ACL injury. Yep. But the quarterback, whenever you have those quarterbacks that are the possibility of making, being true difference makers for your team and they get hurt. Those are the ones that I'm, I'm not selling. Whenever Sean Watson had his whole thing come out about him, that's a guy that I'm probably trying to hold because I know that those two, like those two type of guys can jump up into that tier, that next tier or we're already in the next tier. I'm not selling off of those guys anymore. I'm not down tiering off of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert anymore, because I, the price to get back into that tier is so ludicrous right now. And it's probably, it it should be like you, those guys are almost untouchable because of just the immense amount of value that they bring your team. And this is why I, I know we're doing this exercise more for just the, where these players are falling in relation to each other but man snake drafting man it being at the back end trying to i was trying to give myself a challenge not just putting myself in at the top six yeah. quarterbacks not trying to lock one in <laughs> i was trying yourself- to see i was giving myself the challenge and it is a it is a tough challenge because going with the sean watson and Kirk cousins is the two quarterbacks I, I, I try even in through 10 rounds, I was almost just like, man, I just don't think I can do it this year. I'm going to have to rebuild it. Just having one of those top six quarterbacks, just so important. You do everything you can. If you, if you are playing in snake drafts to get up into that tier, because it makes the world of difference for your
1: team. Ray calls it his bam tier. It's by any means necessary. I will go out and get these guys by any means necessary. Those top five, you know, Herbert, obviously the injury is a little bit different, but, you know we spent a lot of time this offseason down tiering, and i think we as a dynasty fantasy football community took it too far you know down tearing to a, a level that you probably shouldn't be going to like you shouldn't be going from from herbert to you know russell wilson like it, it sounds good on paper but it's probably not the right process play unless you get a lot of pieces involved with that but you know, I, I want to stay in that upper tier. I, like you just said, it takes a lot to get back up there. And yes, you can acquire assets that are going to be beneficial to your team. But if I'm de- down tiering off of like Josh Allen, I am staying in the top six. Like get, make sure I have Kyler, Jalen Hurts. Like I'm going to make sure I still have one of those guys. It just, it just does not feel good to, go to, to even go to Joe Burrow. And like think about what it would cost to add to Joe Burrow to get Josh Allen right now. And it's not just as simple as saying, oh, well, they're only a few picks off. Like they're only a couple, you know, a t- couple tiers away. Like you are going to have to add a lot to get up there. And that's why if you are a snake drafter and you have yourself, you know, one of these top six picks, If I, like for me, for instance, I'm I'm the number six slot. I got Kyler Murray. Okay. I know I'm going to get one of these top six guys. May not be Kyler, but it could be any one of them. I have no problem trading my second and third round startup to get back up there. Like if that's all it's going to take is me to trade what maybe JT or Debo Samuel, there's no names tied to it, but it's a second and third round startup. And it, that's usually what it takes to get back up there. If I have to give that up to get, you know, raise five slot and get myself Jalen hurts. I'm freaking doing it. Cause it's not going to be any cheaper than JT and Debo, right?
0: No you're 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 not getting that anymore and especially because after the draft you're gonna have players associated with it and you're gonna have i mean you're gonna are you ever trading jalen hurts for not a quarterback back and especially not picks back like it's it's impossible to get back like that's the thing it's impossible to get back up there and man i i i I can't do it anymore
1: even if I took T law at the two seven and I traded, you know, the two seven and Debo. So if I tated, traded traded law and Debo, if you go send T law and D- Debo out to any of those owners in your leagues, you are not getting that deal done. Not you are not it. getting yourself any of those guys. So it's the cheapest place to get yourself back in that tier. But at the same time, like if you're not in there, like if you're in the back half of the first, I, I think I'd, I've, <laughs> I'm happy to try and send my one ten and another piece to get, get up one, at least get one of those top six
0: at any you, you want my one, you want my one and two. Sure. Go for it. I I do not care. I I want to lock myself in, in one of those top six, top seven picks. And hopefully, hopefully by the end of the season, we can see some of these quarterbacks bounce back, man, but it doesn't look, it doesn't look pretty for him. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be pretty close, at least in the quarterback market, for where we are at the end of the season.
1: Yep. I, I don't see a whole lot changing. I mean, anyone stand out to you that you think could jump up a little bit? I mean, I, I say Russ. Uh, you know, we talk about Zach Wilson, but he's going to be a game manager this year, it looks like. Like maybe Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tua, like Pickett. You believe in Kenny? Pickett. I mean, the team's just so bad. It would have to take
0: a lot. Um, and I think they're, they're still going to be playing in close games. So I don't think he's going to be throwing enough to really separate himself within the tier. Um, my my guy that I have is Kirk Cousins just because he's the consistent one. But does yes. his value really jump up? I I just think he stays at the top of this tier, but I don't think his value jumps up to where he should be taken at the beginning of the third. Because yeah, I, I still have all these other guys just a small step behind him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And and right now, that's the quarterback landscape. I I don't think until twenty twenty four we're gonna see a whole lot changing. Uh, you know, uh, again, there might be a couple guys that can jump up and, and be right around Kirk Cousins and T Law, but I don't see a whole lot changing where you know Josh Allen through. I'm not even gonna go t- Trey Lance, but through Deshaun Watson's gonna change. Like you can mix and match them all around that top nine. That's it like it's the top nine and everybody else if you can take advantage of it right now where you can go buy Dak Prescott because he's hurt do it if you can still buy Deshaun Watson without giving up three firsts do it like it's going to be worth it in the end because you're yes you're taking risk but there's just not a lot of faith in anybody else so any other takeaways you notice from this board, whether it's wide receiver running back, any, any trade pivots that you might be looking at um, or things that we should be trying to do in our dynasty leagues based on what we're seeing here.
0: I think the only one for me here is really these back end tight ends where I don't really care who I have. I think <laughs> one of the, I think one of the best value picks though was your Zach Ertz pick here, there in the 10th. Um, Cause you know, we do have Trey McBride that just got drafted there, but as long as Zach Ertz is still producing, he's going to be probably up in that tight end six range. Um, so I, I really did like that pick. But, man, really, the Waller, Schultz, Kittle, and even year over year, we see this we see this landscape of tight end. We, we hype up guys that we think can take the jump, and then they fall back down, and then we hype guys up, they fall back down. I think it's just so cyclical within this – within this area that I'm just fine. Like if I can just pivot between the range of these guys, I'm fine. Just kind of, if I can gain any value, I'm probably just going to do that. I can move, move back a little bit within a range of guys. I just don't see much distinction, much separation. And, and if I can just you know, move back a little bit, pick up a second, just because one guy likes one player over another, I think I'm probably doing that because after the top three, I just don't care.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're able to get off of Waller Schultz Kittle because of the hype they had coming into the season, uh, if you have believers in those guys, I'm looking to to make that move. If I'm able to get Ertz plus, if I'm if I'm able to to get, you know, even Gesicki isn't off on the board right now. But if I'm able to even get Gesicki in a, in a bigger plus, I'm doing it. Um, you know, if, if some people still value Kittle over Goddard or, you know, uh, or, or Waller over Goddard, try to get that done. You know, the, the big one that we had, uh, discussions on in the discord was Kittle for Njoku straight up and how comfortable people are doing that. You know, why not? It, it, obviously I, th- I think you can get it done straight up, but if you're able to get Njoku and a, a, small plus for Kittle, like, you know, we I like to squeeze a little bit. I like to make sure, you know, try and get get as much as I can, but if I can get a plus yeah toss in a third toss you know if I can get a second hey some people still are super high on Kittle Um, I'm happy to get out they're going to be using him as a as a run blocking tight end for the most part he's still going to have some big games but he's constantly injured year in and year out Uh, I'm really I'm really ready to move off of him and you know wide receiver I don't know if there's anything that really stands out to me there's no true value that I see where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go get this guy. Like, unless you have some conviction in any individual player trail on. Yeah. I
0: think it's just the. I think it's like, we've been saying it's just the number. It's the, it's the mass number, the shift up the board for these wide receivers. I think we all pretty much know where in relation to each other, they go. Um, you just, you want the guys that can make the jump. And find your guys that you have the conviction on to do that. Get them now. Get them early if you want. Like, I know I was kind of saying like I don't have the conviction of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson right now. Although I did just trade for Chris Olave, so that conviction's coming quick. Best <laughs> believe. But um, but but if you have the conviction that those guys can make the jump, go get them because if you if you get those guys that can make the jump into the next tier, they're so worth it for your team.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the guys that uh, Pittman obviously had a good game this past week, but getting Garrett Wilson might be easier right now. You might even want to wait a few weeks, to be honest with you. If you can wait a few weeks and go buy Garrett Wilson as a next year down the road play, do it. Wait, wait till closer to the trade deadline. I think he might have another good game or so, but for the most part, it's going to be hit or miss. Um, you know, Debo has, hasn't been all that great. I, I'm always hesitant to say buy Debo. I, I, he was my biggest sell this off season, but dude, the dude can be a weak winner for you any given week. So I don't know. There's a few guys there that kind of stand out. Godwin to me right now. Uh, if you can buy him still cheap, I, I really like Chris Godwin. I think that, uh, he's healthy, Looks like he's coming back into his own, and as the season goes on, he gets more reps. He's getting targets, so that should only continue. The Bucks team doesn't seem all that. I mean, they're good, but they're not as good as you'd anticipate. So they're going to throw the ball a ton. That might be the only one that I kind of look at, and, and Traylon. I, I still believe in Traylon. If you have a you know a non-believer in your league, go get yourself Traylon from him. I, I think that he's going to be fine long term. It's just you're going to have to eat this year. And exp- yeah, like you just said at the end there, especially if you're on a rebuilder, you should know
0: where you're at. If, yeah. if you don't know where you're at by this, at point, this point in the season, yeah. you should you should get on that. Um, I've I've stalled around a little bit in a couple of my leagues, and I'm starting to make the moves, starting to make the pivots because you know I'm kind of like you, where I, I like to squeeze the juice, I like to find the perfect deal, and it's the thing I need, I need to work on. And you know we're we're getting there, so that way you know where your team lands, you know, the players you need to target, because if you don't know, you need to go out and you can buy Burks. You're just going to sit around, hold the team and finish in the middle. It's not where you want to be. So, and uh, other than that, running backs, you know, I think, I think again, it's just the general shift down, Um, moving up to Vaughn or uh, Damian Pierce over Javante Williams is one that, one that sticks out to me, but, one that I, I'm kind of there with, you know, Jameson, or, you know, he's not, or Javante, um, not going to be hitting your roster all of this year. Questions going into even next year. We've seen the ACL recovery time speed up a little bit, but Damian Pierce looks damn good, man. I'm I'm starting to want, want to buy into some Damian Pierce shares.
1: Yeah, he's going to get the touches. It's still going to be a bad offense, but he, I think he's going to, he's playing his way into securing his role long-term um Josh Jacobs is another one that yes he is a free agent to be that's only beneficial to him i mean he's playing really well he's still young I, just a guy that i feel like will end up re-signing most likely with the raiders and even if he goes someplace else he's going to be a lead back like he's showing he can do it um Kenneth Walker we missed the window on unfortunately he was he was a buy that that i was looking at uh, all season long or even off season if you can if you could have gotten Kenneth Walker great if you can get you know tear down from Brees Hall to, to Kenneth Walker in a first do it uh Travis Etienne proceed with caution. I feel like you can still get him for cheap. I still feel like you can get him for a back end first or a player in a second. <sighs> Just I I am not there personally but
0: i I don't think you're doing it anymore he's had a couple good weeks in a row now he's expanded his touch count the last couple games i think people are back up on him like we're seeing here around this
1: range and that's and that's very possible probably see you know the the big breakout game at some point in the next week or two but um yeah that's pretty much it Uh, any last things you want to touch on before we get out of here
0: no man i think we covered the most of it i just want to give a big shout out to everybody who participated did this mock with us. We yep. grinded through this thing within like three days. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen mocks go like this before, but I think, you know, this is our first in-season mock that we've done as a community and the buy-in from it was just absolutely incredible. Um, You know, Scott and Ray and Matt and everybody else, all the guys that we talk with almost on a daily basis in there. Can't hype up the community um that we're a part of over there at Destination Debbie on Patreon forward slash all gas. Join up into that Heisman tier. It's an absolute blast <laughs> in there. And man, I, I love all love all these guys. Love this mock. It's a great, great process. And if you're if you're looking to do any of these, I'm uh, sure we're trying to get mocks going here, you know, probably once a month for mid season mocks, and then we're just gonna keep We're just gonna keep doing mocks. I I really love this process, so keep doing these drafts. Uh, Reach out to us. Let us know which of these teams you like, which teams between mine and Chase's that you like more. Um, Like I said, man, just a fun progress, fun process. I'm I'm pumped to do it again here in a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the the fantasy draft room. So it's only fitting that we do drafts, right? So yeah, we're going to be doing more of these. Thank you so, so, so very much to everyone that was a part of this. I uh, look forward to doing this again. We're going to get a lot more people in. If you are interested, hit us up. As you can see, you know, C Smith TFDR on sleeper. I am trophy chase. You can hit us up on Twitter as well. Uh, find us in there and we will make sure we get you in some of these mocks so that we can get some more data and, and really see how the value shifting as we get another month into the season uh we'll continue to do rookie mocks and full dynasty startups in the off season as well so we'll have a lot of fun in here we'll also be talking a lot of uh, a dynasty theory and strategy and trade as well so uh yeah man any last things we should roll no man wrap us out of here all right well thank you so much for joining us here in the fantasy draft room